This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with yet another Reddit story for you. This one's not an AITA story. This one is actually from the Entitled People subreddit. We're branching out. Entitled sister-in-law stole our baby name. Now she regrets it. Hey y'all, longtime lurker and all that. This is a throwaway account. To cut to the chase, my wife and I spent four years trying to get pregnant before the wrong side of 35. We are currently 33 respectively now and are blessed with a wonderful infant son. My wife has a younger half-sister that she has been LC with for some time. The woman is entitled and toxic and also her mother's golden child. We've refused to let her or my mother-in-law in the house since they both blatantly tried to make off with my wife's jewelry box a couple of years ago. All right, we'll just go ahead and get some of these going here. That kind of context is always a bonus. The box contained a lot of valuable jewelry inherited from my wife's grandmother. Said jewelry is now in a safety deposit box as per my suggestion. My wife and I had nearly given up on trying to conceive when it suddenly happened, and we were ecstatic. After we found out that we were having a boy, we started looking into names. I ended up suggesting the name of my Scottish grandfather, and my wife loved it. So that's the name we settled on. But we made the mistake of posting about it on social media. Well, no surprise to the stereotype in this mess, my sister-in-law was pregnant too, and was months further along than my wife and also having a boy. She decided to claim my grandfather's name for her own son, and not just the first name, but the middle name too. We called her pissed over what she was doing, and she smugly told us there's nothing we can do about it, which she was sort of right. There was nothing we could do about it legally, as it's still not a crime to steal planned baby names. But it should be, right? We realized that drama was exactly what my sister-in-law wanted, and she thought that by taking the name for herself, we wouldn't be able to use it. I laughed and told her that while what she did was dirty and underhanded, we would keep our chosen name, and she could just deal with it whether she decides to go through with copying us or not. Well, my sister-in-law's baby daddy called me and said I was an unreasonable dick for still wanting to use the name after sister-in-law claimed it. I said she claimed nothing. Nothing. And since we couldn't own the name, that neither could they. Before he ended the call, he threatened me by saying I'd be sorry if we didn't change the name. Then he hung up before I could respond. Months later, sister-in-law has a healthy baby boy and names him my grandfather's name. We did not show up for the birth, both because of the pandemic and because we simply didn't care to be there. Sister-in-law called us wanting congratulations, but we told her we simply didn't care and that if she was still insisting we change our baby's name, then she'd be in for some big disappointment because we were not. Sister-in-law demanded I put my wife on the phone, but it was already on speaker and my wife spoke up and said she agrees with me entirely. We weren't changing the name. Sister-in-law hung up on us, but soon started sending emails with text walls of names, even suggesting similar ones. I responded back that the name was from my grandfather, and that's why we were not changing it. She shut up, and we didn't hear from her again until after our own son was born. Two months later, we were blessed with our son. He came out perfect, and we named him just as we'd intended. Well, no surprise, my sister-in-law called us a few days after the birth to scream in our ears that we copied her son's name. I pointed out that she was the real copycat since she had no familial time 
ties to the name and we did. And anyone who looks at our family tree could say that. Then my wife spoke and said after the attempted theft of her grandmother's jewelry, she no longer considered sister-in-law her sister and would have nothing to do with her nephew either. For months, we were bombarded with messages and emails from my wife's side of the family. Half were on our side finding out the whole story and the other half were not. And sister-in-law's baby daddy, true to his word, showed up at my door to make me sorry. I'm not sure what his plan was, but I pretty much towered over him. I'm 6'1 and well-built from regular exercise and three trips to the gym a week. He on the the other hand was very skinny and about 5'6 with a baby face that was badly hidden by a slim beard. I told him my house has cameras and to get off my property and never come back. He just yelled a few obscenities at me and drove off in his beat-up old car. Sister-in-law and mother-in-law called us from a different number to yell at me for making sister-in-law's baby daddy feel emasculated. Yeah, how dare you answer your door and be taller than this guy. I didn't even threaten the man, just told him to leave and not come back, and if he didn't want to feel emasculated, then he shouldn't have come knocking. Then they tried to bring up the issue of the baby name again and demanded we change our son's name as he's so young, so there's still plenty of time to do it. We held our ground and told them that they were bonkers to still think that they were in the right after they copied our choice of name just to try and get one over on us. I said sister-in-law didn't even name her son out of love, but out of spite, just to try and stick it to my wife for no good reason. Then my wife called them both out on the way that she was treated growing up how entitled sister-in-law and mother-in-law have always been, and how she was glad to leave them far behind. And she wants nothing from them. They won't have anything from us. That left sister-in-law sobbing, and mother-in-law called me a royal bastard before hanging up the phone. In sea again for a little while, till sister-in-law called us again sometime later to bitterly tell us that we'd won. She and her baby daddy got in a huge fight, and he left. He was apparently very sore that sister-in-law didn't let him even give their son a middle name from his family. And he said, he was sick of the bullshit and wanted his son named after him and not some guy he wasn't even related to. Sister-in-law finally caved and they got the boy's birth certificate reissued with a completely new name, which cost sister-in-law around $500 or so she claims. Sister-in-law then demanded we at least compensate her for the name change plus another $100 for the emotional damage as now she's going to have to get used to calling her son by a different name. We laughed and said this would have never happened if she hadn't stolen our baby name to begin with with and we didn't owe her anything. Since then, we've been no contact with sister-in-law and mother-in-law, but my father-in-law, who was a very nice man and divorced from mother-in-law for obvious reasons, would come by often and loves his grandson. From what he and other relatives told us about the situation between sister-in-law and her baby daddy, it was pretty tumultuous, but we don't care. Not our monkeys, not our circus. Okay. There were so many twists and facets of this story that just had me scratching my head. I'm like, what's going on? What? Why? Why would you want the name, which I'm guessing was a clearly Scottish name? Why would you be like, you know what? That sounds exotic. Let's take it from them. Which, by the way, yes, if you'd settle on a name, don't post it. Don't tell anybody. You keep that shit close because there are people out there who are incapable of having good ideas of their own and just take from other people. I mean, they'll find inspiration from you. It just happens to be the exact same goddamn thing that you were doing. It's a whole lot of inspiration. Pure inspiration, in fact. So don't do that. Hot tip, don't do it. But also, why the F would you want it? The only thing that makes sense is the assumption that OP took here, and that's she just did it to try to stick it to her sister. That's it. It's the only explanation he could find, and I'm kind of right there with him, unless they were both just like, you know what, that's an awesome name. But we know now that's not the case, because her husband, crazy sister-in-law, was like, I don't want that. 
or one of named after someone in my family, not some family that I don't even know. She wanted to keep it. This is like the sister who had to buy everything that the other sister bought and the OP in that story tricked her by buying a really ugly purse or saying that she was going to buy this ugly purse and then letting her sister actually buy it. This is like the advanced form of that where it's like, I'm going to name my baby the exact same name that you were going to choose because I can. What are you going to do now? OP and his wife are like, nothing. We're going to keep using the name we said we were going to use. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't, didn't count on that. The best part of this entire effing story, though, is at the very end where she's like, y'all owe me $500 for me stealing your baby's name and $100 extra for emotional damage. Try to take that to a PI attorney and see what happens. This would be a hilarious court case. If I'm ever going to get called for jury duty, this is the case I want to sit on. I want to sit on this case and I will drag that shit out for months. OP, not guilty. I know it's not an AITA story. We're doing it anyway. Not an asshole at all. Not an asshole at all. The boundaries that were set here and the fact that OP and his wife were just from the get-go consistent. 100% across the board. Never wavered. Never. With family, sibling, and mother is impressive. And it's something that I wish more people would do. Nicely done. Good old-fashioned AITA story for you here. This one is Am I the Asconaut for questioning my mother-in-law's education? Over the past few weeks, I, female 42, have been feeling pretty ill. My mother-in-law, female 66, has been helping my husband, male 44, and me around the house and with our kids during this time period. The trouble started when my older son, male 15, started having trouble in his math class. My mother-in-law has started tutoring him, and they both seem to enjoy it greatly. My son performed quite well on his last math test, though truthfully, I'm wondering if it's primarily because of his own effort. My mother-in-law only has a bachelor's degree in ancient history, so I feel that she could competently tutor my son in writing. However, math is an entirely separate beast. I've asked her a few times if she still remembers the content that my son is learning and if she feels comfortable explaining the concepts, and she is always giving me a confident response. I've even told her that if she doesn't understand a concept, she could always ask me for help, to which she said she'd keep that in mind. I've also asked my husband if he could perhaps monitor his mother while she teaches our son, but he declined, saying that he's confident in her skills. I've pressed him again on the matter, and he said that I was being disrespectful, and he worries that I will hurt her feelings. I told him that her feelings should be secondary to our son's education. Am I the asshole? For those wondering about my own education background, I am an anesthesiologist. Given my busy work schedule, I am unable to give my son the proper tutoring he may need, so I've decided to hire a math tutor. Mother-in-law is a very hardworking woman who is dedicated to her grandson's education, but as a mother, I need peace of mind only a properly trained math tutor can provide. So we don't get any further update about how his grades were during the period of his tutoring. There are two very different ways that this can go. If there was enough evidence to warrant genuine concern, then mom's feelings would be warranted and then it would be a different situation. However, I feel like if there were enough evidence that was valid evidence, she would have mentioned that in this story and doesn't. The only evidence that exists here is that he did well on a test. Where does the concern come in? 
what reason is there to be concerned? As long as the output of this work is positive and is of an acceptable quality, there's no reason to be concerned about this. And this might be a helicopter parenting kind of thing. It might be a control thing. It might be a mom versus mother-in-law kind of thing where it's a, you couldn't give my son the same quality that I can give him. But then she went and hired a tutor. So it's just between them two. It's not just another human can't do it. It's you can't do it. And that makes her the asshole. Operating on the assumption that there isn't any kind of other evidence that we need to consider here, because I feel like she would have mentioned that in here. She is definitely the asshole. If the outcome is positive, if the grades are good, and if he feels comfortable with it, if anything, I'd say discuss this with your kid and be like, hey, when you go to class, when you have quizzes, when you take tests, do you feel like what you learn from grandma is helping you? Doesn't seem like that was ever an option for OP here. OP was just like, I don't trust it. You only have a bachelor's degree in ancient history. I have a degree in business. Does that mean that I can't have anything to do with art? Does that mean that I can't have anything to do with content creation? Somebody's degree sure as shit does not limit their knowledge. Somebody's path in life sure as shit does not limit their amount of knowledge. It does not limit them from being useful in other areas in life. If that were the case, OP would be useless in math as well, right? The logic doesn't add up here. There is some kind of contempt for mother-in-law that I guarantee you mother-in-law feels, husband feels it. Husband said, you're being an asshole. Stop. And right now, hubby is just like, my mom's doing us a favor here. Like, just back off. Stop. Trying to prevent all hell from breaking loose. But it sounds like he lost that battle because OP hired a math tutor. You're the asshole, OP. Where are you on the ASCON scale? Where is OP here? As a reminder with the ASCON scale, it operates like the DEFCON scale for the U.S. military, where one is the worst, the most severe, and four is the least severe. ASCON four is you could have done it differently. ASCON three is you should have done it differently. ASCON two is you definitely shouldn't have done that. And ASCON one is you're a terrible human. I feel like this is more severe than most people do. I feel like this is a shit thing to do. It's not evil. We're not yet into evil territory, I don't feel like, but it's getting there. There's no substantial evidence to back up the feelings here. It's just feelings. And I understand as a parent, your gut means a lot. However, in this case, I feel like that gut needs checked. It has a really high potential of burning bridges and relationships that would have a ripple effect and that would be damaging to the marriage. Now we start looking at what's best for the kid. This is overreactive and potentially damaging to a child's relationship with their grandparent and the relationship between mom and dad. There are all kinds of things at stake here, which I feel like is why it's more severe. It's not evil yet, but it definitely shouldn't have happened. And that puts us on a wee little trip up to Escon 2. Definitely shouldn't have done it. I think you have to check yourself and look at the evidence and then say, is this just something that I'm feeling or is this something that can be substantiated here? Is this valid? You have to be able to ask yourself that and check it with facts and then align it and say, okay, it's just me. It's just something that I'm feeling. Let's wait until more evidence rolls in and see if this is just a feeling and see if that gets validated again, that it is just a feeling or if my hunch actually plays through. But operating just on a hunch and a feeling and being willing to burn bridges and cause problems in your marriage and cause problems with a relationship between a grandparent and a grandchild or your child is, is dangerous. That is dangerous and it needs to be reined in.
ASCON 2. Her son got good grades. There's nothing there to substantiate her feelings right now. Nothing. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for not accommodating a friend's vegan co-worker at a dinner party? A couple of weeks ago, I invited five friends over for a dinner party. I told my friends they could each bring a plus one. On Monday, four of the five friends had said they were bringing a plus one. I made a group text with everyone in it and asked about any allergies or dietary restrictions. I got the replies and put together four dishes that could accommodate everyone. On Wednesday, I sent out the menu and asked if everyone was okay with it, and everyone was. This is like the most thorough dinner party I have ever heard of. On Thursday afternoon, the friend who hadn't had a plus one asked if he could invite his co-worker. I agreed. I hadn't shopped yet, so it would be easy enough. Turns out his co-worker is vegan, but he didn't mention it to me at the time, even though he already knew the menu. Maybe I should have asked about dietary restrictions, but I was at work and distracted. On Friday night, I had already started some of the prep for the meal. My friend adds his coworker to the group text and she asks what will be served. When another friend posts it, she comes back with a massive wall of text. Some of the highlights include her saying that at least half the dishes at any event with food should be, must be vegan because vegans shouldn't have to announce that they are vegan. If they have to say that they are vegan, that's the same as forcing Jewish people to wear yellow stars during the Holocaust. Is it? I think that statement alone might get, might get her to ask on one territory. Holy shit, that was Ballsy. She also demanded that I add at least two vegan-friendly dishes to the menu, otherwise it proves that I hate both animals and minorities. Apparently being vegan makes you a minority. What? I respond saying that I had already bought the food and started the prep work and I was afraid I couldn't accommodate her this time. To be honest, I could have tweaked two of the dishes with what I had on hand, but first, while I like to cook, it isn't easy cooking for so many people and I hate when people take the effort that I put into it for granted by, say, demanding I add two more dishes to the menu last minute. Second, based on her rant in the group text, I didn't want this person at my dinner party. Both my friend and his coworker exploded the group text with insults and more rants about how put upon vegans are. If she had politely asked for some vegan-friendly dishes, I would have gladly tweaked the menu even if it was last minute. The friend and his co-worker didn't come to the dinner party. I and the people who did come had a great time. Some of them posted about it on Facebook. The friend and his co-worker commented on all the posts saying how I refused to accommodate her dietary needs. Since the dinner party last night, I've gotten a couple dozen messages, some from people I know, some from friends of the co-workers, saying that I should always be willing to accommodate someone's dietary needs even if it's last minute and that 24 hours is more than enough time to shop again. I would normally brush this sort of thing off, but some of the people are telling me I was being insensitive are people that I consider to be fairly reasonable. Am I missing something here? Am I the asshole? Um, first of all, let's just get this out of the way. For comparing how vegans are treated to how Jewish people were treated during the Holocaust, straight to Ascon 1 with you. Straight, straight to Ascon 1. Stay there. And then let's talk more. I'm guessing, OP, that the people who you find to be reasonable people who are giving you shit about this now know one side of the story. If those people read this post, they'd be like, totally get it. Totally get it. Let me put it this way. People looking for problems will always find problems. This is just someone who is always looking for problems. This is not a reflection on vegans. This is not a reflection on 
your original invitee, even though they got sucked into it. So maybe it is. But this person is looking for conflict and was immediate to jump into conflict and to stir the pot and to make this into something personal, which was never the thought to politely ask like you would have reasoned with and said, sure, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. I get it. If they had gone that route, this wouldn't be an issue at all. It's because they came in entitled and demanding things when they're invited to an effing dinner party. It's a dinner party that you are putting on. This is not like they're going to a public effing restaurant. This is a private dinner party. You don't demand things of people. You ask nicely and guess what? You were just added as a friggin' plus one 24 hours before this dinner party took place. If the menu isn't to your palate, don't effing go. That'd be the first step. Second step, if you really wanted to go, politely ask if they can accommodate. If they can't, don't be a dick about it. Be like, I get it, it's last minute, you know? It would be hard to pull off. This is just someone who's looking for problems and they will always find them, always. The disrespect in this was not towards vegans. It was toward the host of the dinner party by this plus one who decided to jump in and turn it into a freaking political movement. This poor OP is going to have a freaking picket line at his next dinner party because now he hates animals, vegans, minorities, who the hell knows what else. They tried to dinner party cancel him and are trying to socially cancel him because every post that the people who went and loved it throw out there, they're like, this guy hates animals and minorities. All you need to know about this person is what they said. This line, if they have to say they are vegan, that's the same thing as forcing Jewish people to wear yellow stars during the Holocaust. Okay, well then by that logic, people with peanut allergies shouldn't have to say that they have peanut allergies because that's the same thing as making people wear yellow stars during the Holocaust and nothing should have peanuts in it, ever, right? People who are lactose intolerant shouldn't be shamed by having to say that they are lactose intolerant, so there shouldn't be any dairy in anything. People who have cold sensitivity, you see where I'm going with this, it's endless. It is endless. The entitlement is redonkulous here. Poor dude's just trying to throw an effing dinner party too. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do something nice. I'm going to play host. I'm going to make these badass dishes. We're going to have so much fun and just got raked over the coals for it. I'm guessing that the dinner parties OP has moving forward are going to be a very closed VIP list and there will be no plus ones involved. It'll be, we need you to submit who will be coming with you at least 30 days in advance so that we can run a background check on them and do some social stocking and make sure that we're not getting ourselves into another shit fest 2023. My goodness. Ascon Juan for the guest. Again, not a reflection on vegans at all. This is a reflection on someone who's trying to stir the pot and cause shit because that's what they like to do. Apparently more than go to dinner parties. Woof. OP. NTA. We'll go ahead and make that official here too. Here's the button. NTA. Good on you. And for the people who you respect and think are reasonable and they're calling you an asshole for this, send them your story because I guarantee you they don't know it all. The side that they know of it right now is tilted. Ladies and gentlemen, we have something special for you. This isn't just a cake story. It's also a mother-in-law story. Cake and mother-in-laws spells almost certain 
Doom. This is from the Mothers-in-Law from Hell subreddit. It's summed up just as spiteful baking. I can't wait. I can't freaking wait. I had a great relationship with my wife's mom and stepdad until she was pregnant with our first. About a month before our son was born, my mother-in-law told my wife, If anything happens to you, I'm taking that baby. <laughs> okay, wow, that escalated quickly. Well, this went over like a fart in church. And from that point on, there was no relationship. Time out. This went over like a fart in church. Needs to be a t-shirt. Fast forward a few years. Our daughter was turning one and my wife and her mom didn't want to bake the cupcakes and cookies for her party. My mother-in-law baked all the cakes and cupcakes for our kids' birthday parties up until this time and she did a really good job. I didn't want to spend a hundred bucks on a smash cake, dozen cupcakes, and cookies, so I offered to bake the cupcakes and save money. I've never baked anything before except chocolate chip cookies. My mother-in-law made some snarky comments about how I'm the baker and I'm going to have to be in the kitchen while you're baking those. And they both doubted that I could do a good job. She even said, you can't just frost a cupcake with a knife. They need to look good. I told my wife, hell no, she's not going to be in there directing me how to do this. So I planned it with a friend to bake and decorate the cupcakes at his house and avoid my mother-in-law. Just the fact that he had to do this is really sad. The plan to spite her. I was so pissed and irritated I wanted to show her up and prove my wife wrong for doubting me. At the same time, I knew I had to deliver on these cupcakes and blow their minds. I had my buddy order all the cupcake decorating and toppers for me to keep it a secret. Unfortunately, he didn't have an Amazon Prime membership, so he asked his sister to order them. Well, he didn't give her the backstory and just messaged her the links to order. Her response, WTF. Two days before the party. I started prepping all of the different colored frostings. White, blue, yellow, green, orange, pink, purple. I'm really going all out to show her up. Her mom comes in the kitchen after they get back from shopping and tells me again, you know, I'm the baker. She then proceeds to try and explain to me how to make a box cake. No joke. She started reading the directions on how to do it. I said, hold up a second. Let me go put my headphones in. That pissed her off and I started laughing. Night before the party. I took all of the supplies over to my friend's house and we baked the cupcakes. In total, we made 84 cupcakes, 12 regular sized and 72 minis. Morning of the party. I went over to his house around 9 a.m. to start decorating the cupcakes. It took a couple of hours, but the task was accomplished. When I brought the cupcakes home in an aluminum pan and lid, my wife was shocked. Holy shit, these are awesome. You did a great job, babe. My mother-in-law's response, nothing but a blank look. My wife told me, you can do all the baking moving forward. Her mom didn't like that because she had baked everything up to this point. The party. Guests started showing up and commenting on the cupcakes. Where did you get these? These are awesome. They're so pretty. This was all a massive ego boost to me and mother-in-law was relatively quiet. Eventually, she did say that I made them and everyone's minds were blown. Oh shit. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. So you didn't tell them that you made them up front. You made them all ask her or compliment her. And she had to say that you made... Oh. Day after the party, my wife told all of her co-workers that I was baking the cupcakes. I can only imagine the conversations about how they would turn out. So my wife proudly brought a tray of 30 cupcakes and her co-workers were shocked. Massive ego boost number two. I asked my wife, how upset your mom? She said, she's jealous and a little butthurt. She always says how she's the baker and look what you made. Massive ego boost number three. The most brilliant part of this plan is what I said a second ago, where when people showed up and were like, oh my God, these are amazing. OP wasn't like, yeah, that's me. He stayed quiet because he knew, he knew that they were all going to be like, Judy, these are wonderful. You did such a great job. And she had to be like, 
I didn't make those. Stephen did. You know she had to be just fuming. There had to be like frosting just oozing out of her ears. She was so pissed about this. I wonder if she tasted one. I bet she didn't. I bet she didn't taste it because just just out of pure pride, she was afraid they were going to taste like bitter defeat. You know what I mean? Like sock, maybe, because she put her foot in her mouth. Fantastic job. That's the best way to shut somebody down, isn't it? F and deliver. Deliver. Like, don't let them talk you down. And I think we see this happen a lot. And maybe it's a mother-in-law thing. I think it's an everybody thing. And again, Candy Thunder and I are so blessed to have just wonderful parents in our lives and not have any of this kind of shit that we ever read. So it's always shocking for us. But I think we see a lot of people get beat down by words and they allow themselves to become defeated in a way that they just don't try to overcome. The beautiful story here is that OP was like, no, screw that. I'm going to kick ass. Failure is not an option here. I am going to blow minds. These are going to be incredible, and I'm going to put the freaking work in to make sure it happens. And did it. And shut her down. Completely. How the turntables. This was fantastic. Well done. I bet they tasted good, too. Homeboy's over here with, like, the edible airbrush, you know, like paint dye, like doing ombre frosting and stuff. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another story for you. This is not an AITA. This actually comes from the True Off My Chest subreddit. And this is, six years ago, I switched my wife's cat with a more well-behaved lookalike. My mind goes immediately to Iron Man 2. He wants his bird. His bird. And they bring him a lookalike and he's like, he's not my bird. Six years ago, I swapped my then girlfriend, now wife's cat with a more well-behaved lookalike. She had an all black cat that was extremely aggressive. It scratched everyone, hissed at everyone and didn't use its litter box half the time. My wife insisted she could get it to behave better. One week, she went out of town to visit her family and I was supposed to go to her apartment and feed it. The first night I went over, it scratched the shit out of my arm. I joked to the cat that it's not special and I'll replace it if it scratches again. The joke stuck with me until I had thought about it enough that it wasn't a joke. The next morning, I went to the local animal shelter, found an identical cat who was already litter box trained and acclimated to people, but was a little skittish. Its old owner died of a heart attack and the animal shelter people said they think that's why it was skittish. But overall, it was a lot friendlier and better behaved and the skittishness would help it resemble the original cat. So I adopted it, took it to my wife's apartment, settled it in, and then drove her original cat to an animal shelter a town over. I was paranoid my wife would find out if I took it to a local one. It's been six years since. We got married four years ago. We still have the swapped cat. It answers to the original cat's name. My wife knows nothing. She loves this cat and brags about how much better behaved it is. Every time I see it, I feel like a total piece of shit. Edit, for the people saying the other cat was likely euthanized by a shelter, I just double checked and the shelter I dropped it off at was and still is a no-kill shelter. You would know, right? I mean, there's no way that it was identical in every single way. Behavior-wise, food preference-wise, I think the fact that he didn't say anything about this, it's got to be an asshole thing, right? It's got to be an asshole thing. I understand, you know, wanting to make the swap. However, you weren't married at the time. You were just dating. Dude effectively kidnapped her cat and swapped it with a double 
which if he was successful as he says he was, kind of worries me about the perceptiveness of his now wife. There's no way that it was identical in every single way. There's absolutely no way. But she bought it and Homeboy still hasn't come clean to her. He's come clean to Reddit now. Man, if someone did this to us, in our situation, it would never be Candy Thunder that would try to pull this on me. It would be me that would try to pull it on her. Those animals worship her. She's like Snow White when she walks in the house. Like freaking birds land on her and start singing and like the animals all just rush up to her side and they just follow her around the freaking house everywhere. If this ever happened, it would be me. And I would never do this because this would be an asshole terrible thing to do. The only time that this would have been acceptable and it would be a version of this, not this. The only time that this kind of thing would be acceptable is if something had happened and her current cat had passed or disappeared or something like something had happened where instead of having to hit her with the grief of losing her animal, you replaced it. And if she bought it, cool. Even that would be a shitty thing to do, but it's a lot shittier that you just took the existing cat to a shelter and like traded it in for a nicer model. It's a shitty thing to do. Even if you were replacing an animal that had passed or had gotten lost or something, it's still a terrible thing to not communicate about. It's the lack of communication about this that makes it truly terrible and a shit human thing to do. If he had been like, hey, how attached are you to this cat? And how would you feel about an identical cat that's actually just nicer? And then they did it together. Completely separate issue. That's not how it went down, though. It's been years and she still doesn't know. I wonder how she would react if she found out that the cat that she's been loving on for four years is actually not the same cat that she had before. Maybe she does know and is just waiting for him to come clean so she can be like, I know, I've been waiting for you to tell the truth for 27 years. It is a terrible thing to do. I think, I think this might be evil to do this and not tell her. I think it is. I don't think there's any way around but it definitely shouldn't have happened, but it's a terrible thing to do and not tell someone. This didn't work and meet the Fockers, right? We're at one, and OP was just lucky here that it was a no-kill shelter. And even then, it doesn't make anything any better or right. It just makes it not the absolute worst-case scenario. That's it. It's like one sixteenth of a step down from that. Still an ask on one. My goodness. That's not cool, man. That's not cool. <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one actually comes from the Beyond the Bump subreddit and is titled, Mother-in-law basically kidnapped my baby. Damn it. I have a feeling this one isn't going to be fun or funny. I made a throwaway for this because my husband knows my username and I don't feel like being surrounded by any more drama right now. So a little backstory. My husband is an only child. His mom has always been very involved. We get along somewhat, but she always sort of crossed some lines. She has a key to our house for emergency purposes only because she lives four blocks away. I had our daughter four weeks ago. She has been over at least three days every week since I've had her. She's always telling me what I'm doing wrong and how she'd do things differently. Baby is up every two hours at night and she insists she'd sleep through the night if she could stay with grandmas. What? No. I told her I'm not comfortable sending a breastfed baby away overnight at four weeks. 
This last week, she kept pushing the issue no matter how many times I said no. Last night, we put the baby in her crib. We stopped room sharing because the baby was so loud I could get no sleep whatsoever, so my husband has been getting her when it's time for her to feed. Husband fell asleep early and I dozed off. I woke up four hours later and started to panic because she hadn't made any noise. I was sure she had died of SIDS. I went into her room and she was gone. I froze and started screaming her name around the house like she would somehow pop out like it was all a joke. My husband woke up in a panic and just screamed, what's going on? over and over. I ran to my phone to call 911 and saw a picture message from my mother-in-law of my sleeping baby in her arms with the caption, sleepover at Gam Gams. I was immediately enraged. I screamed so hard I almost vomited. I called her and saw red. I told her I was coming to get the baby and she would never see her again and to never contact our family again. My husband decided it was best if he went to get her. When he came back, he said his mother decided to let herself in and give us a break and that she was sure we'd hear the text and she thought we would be thanking her for a night's sleep. I do not give a fuck. I hate her. I cannot forgive her for this. My husband thinks I need to calm down, that we just need to get our key back. His lack of urgency about the situation makes me want to divorce him. We have never had any issues before this, but this feels like a deal breaker to me. I already had PPA and now it's gone through the roof. I don't feel safe in my own home with my family. I hate my mother-in-law. I hate my husband. When I think about what happened, I sob uncontrollably. I can't sleep now that I know I can't protect my baby when I sleep. I can't believe I did not wake up. I feel like the biggest piece of shit mother. If any danger really came, I would have let my daughter down. Am I overreacting for wanting a divorce or for never wanting to see my mother-in-law again? My husband and mother-in-law think it's my hormones and I have overreacted. Am I overreacting? I just needed to talk about it with non-involved parties. I have no friends or family for hundreds of miles. Oh, and she also fed her formula while she had her, but that's the least of my worries. It still infuriates me because breastfeeding has been really hard for us. Update. I just wanted to give everyone a quick update. I didn't respond, but I've read every comment and the support I got has meant so much to me. I bawled reading them because I finally felt like someone was on my side. I called my mom late last night and I got a hotel. I refused to tell my husband where I was going but told him the baby and I would be safe. My mom is disgusted about what I've been put through. She's getting on a plane today to come help me. This entire experience has pushed me to the point that I need therapy, so today my first order of business is getting a therapist set up ASAP. I decided to go alone for a while and when I'm ready, go with my husband to see if there's a chance to move past this. Right now, I still don't want to, but I also agree I'm not in a place to make life-changing decisions. Either way, I can never move back into that house. I don't know what my plan is past these next few days yet, but I'm just going to take it day by day for now. As for my mother-in-law, I'm going to go to the police today to find out how to get a restraining order. Her and my husband kept saying, but she was safe. She was never in danger. I disagree. My mother-in-law is clearly not mentally capable of caring for a child. Who knows what else she would do because she feels she knows best. Thank you all so much. I can't tell you how much the support from some internet strangers has meant to me. I want to thank everyone again that thought about me after my first post. These past two weeks have been crazy for me emotionally, but I saw the request for an update and wanted to let everyone know what was going on, even though it's been generally uneventful. I got so many messages and comments with support, and that meant so much to me. So soon after I wrote that post, my mom had arrived to help me get through my anxiety and support me. By the time she was here, I was in a hotel and still had not slept. I was going way too long without sleeping, and I think the deprivation of sleep was making me even crazier. She came and sat with me while I slept. It was the most helpful thing that anyone could have done for me. My husband asked to talk, so I agreed to meet with him. 
He apologized and said he realized that I was right. His mom had severely crossed a line and that it was hard for him to accept his mom did something so wrong in his head because he was telling himself it was not that bad and that if the baby wasn't hurt, then no harm was done, but he wasn't thinking about the hurt done to me and my feeling of security. He said he changed the locks on the home and would support whatever I wanted to do with his mom. He said he was willing to cut off contact for a while, but asked that I don't press charges. We left it at that for the time being. I told him I'd think about what he said and keep in touch. Shortly after this whole thing happened, I got a lot of texts from his family supporting me and letting me know that they were so sorry about what happened and that no matter what, my baby and I are family and we have their support. That meant so much to me. People were finally backing me up and it gave me some peace of mind. A few days after seeing my husband, we met up again. He had a letter from his mom. I thought about just throwing it out, but I decided to read it. It was a very long-winded apology. It basically said that she is sick about what she did. She said if someone did that to her when her husband was young, she'd want them to die. She is terrified about losing me as a daughter-in-law and her grandchild, but she is going to keep her distance. She asked me to reach out if and when I am ready. I still haven't reached out to her and I don't know if I will. I feel like her letter may be genuine, but I don't think I will ever trust her again for obvious reasons. I feel like she sees it as an easier to have forgiveness than permission sort of thing. I'm in a hard place of trying to decide how to assert my authority as a mother without alienating my child from people who love them. I don't want my forgiveness to seem like weakness and in the end put my child in more situations like this. I've been getting help with all of this in therapy, which I have started twice a week. Right now, the general guidance I get from my therapist is not to make any big moves yet. Divorce, moving long distances, cutting people out, etc. So I'm taking it day by day. I make sure my husband sees our child every day. We haven't talked about the state of our marriage yet. I told him when I was ready, we would talk. He respected that and it's made a huge difference in the hope I have for our future. So that is really it. There weren't really any dramatic blow-ups or legal action. There are still a lot of unanswered questions for me, but this time has been one filled with self-discovery and support from a lot of unexpected places, and for that, I'm incredibly grateful. I think the bottom line here is that you know what she's capable of at this point. No amount of apology is ever going to make this okay. No amount of long-winded apology letters or however sick she feels is going to make you trust her. You just can't. That trust is eternally broken at this point. If somebody takes your child out of your house, even if she was doing it to help you genuinely, which I don't think she was, because the context here is that Gam Gam knew how to do XYZ and was always telling her that she should do these things better and saying that this four-week-old would sleep better at Gam Gam's overnight. That's a huge red flag. And then just shows up and takes the effing baby. You know what she's capable of? Of course, she's also capable of giving a fake apology. If someone is capable of doing something like that and not communicating with you ahead of time, during the time, you know, if she showed up and was like, hey, um, I'm here, I'm willing to do this. You guys are both passed out, I can see, blah, blah, blah. You guys had a choice at that point. They, She took choice away from you. And if she's done it once, she can do it again. It doesn't matter if she feels bad about it. She, of course she feels bad about it now because she got in trouble for it. If she hadn't been in trouble for this and if you hadn't taken your child away from her, would she feel bad about it? I think you really have to answer that question for yourself and say, if she hadn't been busted and if you weren't no contact right now would she be sorry would she feel bad about this i don't think she would this is a i'm sorry because i got caught apology hoping that she can reintegrate the child into her life even if only playing the long game this could be like a i'm gonna do whatever i take to eventually 
be in this child's life again. The problem is that she's not looking at this from the pure angle of what is best for the child. She's looking at this as how do I benefit from this situation? She, in her time with the child, is doing what unfortunately we see a lot of people do, and that is filling up her own cup instead of actually being there for the child. She is using the baby as a way to make herself feel better. She's not taking care of the baby. She's taking care of herself, using the baby to do it. And it's dangerous. You see that now. Would never trust her again. You can't. You cannot. That's an, immediately an ASCON one offense. I mean, it's yeah. also kidnapping. So it's a whole bunch of different kinds of offenses, but you could never trust this person again. <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for telling my friends I won't hang out with her until she has her own money? I want to start this off by saying I'm a single mom who works hard for my money. I love going out to eat and buying things, but I also save up for these things. I recently made a friend who I'll call Minnie. A few times I've treated her because I've asked her to come with me to restaurants. Anyway, one day Minnie invited me somewhere, so since I've paid for her in the past, I thought she would cover me. I ordered something cheap that was about $10, and I had water, and she got herself about $40 worth of food. When the check comes, she hands it to me and tells me that she only has $11. I was so confused. I said, if you only have $11, why order almost four times that amount of food? I covered the tab. Then it happened again on my birthday. She ordered food, but also didn't have the money, so I paid. On your birthday no no she invited me over for dinner and when i got there she told me i needed to help pay for the chicken she wanted to make and then told me to go to the store i went back home and got two leftover chicken thighs i had and gave them to her and she was upset but said it will do then one day while i was solo at a restaurant she and her husband showed up and sat with me i had a feeling she might do this again but i only had a gift card to that place and my phone this place doesn't take apple pay the check comes and she tells the waitress to cut it down the middle i immediately said no because i only ordered $18 worth of food and planned to use the rest of my $25 gift card for a tip. She was shocked and asked me how she was going to pay for her almost $90 order. She huffed and told her husband to use the credit card. Apparently, she told him I would help cover the bill, so he got mad at me for taking it back. I never said I would pay for them in the first place. Then this morning, she asked me if we were going out to lunch. I told her no, because I know she would find a way to make me pay again. And then I told her I won't go anywhere else with her until she actually has her own money. She's been since ignoring me, and I'm perfectly okay with this friendship ending, and told her that this friendship isn't worth it and to stop talking to me altogether. Later in the day, her husband messaged me and told me that I was an asshole for hurting her feelings and that friends treat friends. He mentioned how she would cook for me, and I said, yes with food that I bought and shared with the two of you. He didn't say anything else other than telling me I was rude and only valued money. So tell me, was I the asshole for saying this to her or could I have been nicer about it? Hell no. 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 You drew a boundary. Having a boundary where you expect someone to respect you the same amount that you respect them is always okay. It's a good thing. A thing that a lot more people should do. There was no reciprocation in here ever. There was only you being used by this friend. And I'm assuming this friend 
goes through friends pretty frequently because people don't put up with this bullshit. People will catch on quick. What what does she have to offer to this friendship? What does she have to offer to this relationship? There's nothing except for her bleeding you dry. And that kind of succubus approach is common, right? Like there's a lot of people who do that, but they end up alone. People don't want to be attached to those kind of people. Some people, it takes longer than others to get to that point and get fed up and be like, screw this. I'm just not doing it anymore. But you were completely taken advantage of this kind of person would keep going until you told them to stop and told them to F off and then they'll find somebody else to do it to. That's the game. So you probably let it roll on longer than you should have. And you probably feel like that now. Now that you see it, you probably see that you were just being used this whole time. But no, you were being used Friends treat friends is what he said. Well, apparently that's just a one-way street. So that means like friends treat us is what he meant to say. Not we're friends that treat. No, it's not like that. It's just you're the treating friend and we're the treaty friend. That's how it goes. Bullshit. To show up uninvited and try to to push the bill onto OP is just like a whole new level of shitty. This is the the Cousin Eddie kind of thing to do whenever they go to the grocery store and he's just piling stuff up on there. But Cousin Eddie was a nice guy and he was at least appreciative. They're doing this and doing it over and over and over again and being shitty about it. And then when you do finally create a boundary, they're like, excuse me, I am shocked. When you start having to pay for things, it is pretty shocking, you know? NTA OP. NTA. They're butthurt because they aren't getting free food. They're butthurt because they got exposed. And we talk about this so many times. When people get exposed, of course they get butthurt about it. Of course they're upset. How would we expect them to act? We'd be like, aha, you got me. Yep. Dang. Well, it was good while it lasted. Sorry. No, they're going to be butthead about it. Butthead, butthurt about it. Also buttheads. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.